a long time ago. It's the ship that made the castle run in less than 12 parts and the great disturbance of the force. I told you she would never partially betray the rebellion. That's no move. Caught in a trap that's pulling us in. Marvel Comics Group, at last, beyond the movie, beyond the galaxy, Star Wars, the sound of Armageddon. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there exists a state of cosmic civil war. A brave alliance of underground freedom fighters has challenged the tyranny and oppression of the awesome Galactic Empire. This is their story. Stan Lee presents Star Wars, the greatest space fantasy of all, continuing the saga begun in the film by George Lucas. Archie Goodwin is our writer-editor, Carmine Infantino and Terry Austin are our artists, Denise Wall is our letterer, Vanis Cohen is our colorist, and James Shooter, consulting editor. The sound of Armageddon. Luke Skywalker is not dead yet, but he'd be the first to admit that things don't look hopeful here on this obscure waterworld of the star sun Drexel. For even if he and Chewie resolve their misunderstanding, their fight is but one small, barely related incident in a much wider war. And thus begins this exciting issue of Star Wars, number 14. On the water world of Drexel, Governor Quarg has used his sonic jammer to cause the Millennium Falcon to crash into the water near his giant floating ship, just the size of a city. Han is believed dead, while Luke Skywalker, Chewbacca, and the droids R2 and C-3PO are imprisoned inside of Quark's galleon. Quarg has simultaneously been waging a war against the Dragon Lords, who even now attack his ship, riding atop giant sea dragons. Quarg has now turned his sonic jammer towards an even greater prize, a stolen Imperial battlecruiser locked in Drexel's orbit. The pirate Crimson Jack is aboard, and his first mate, Jolie, and they attempt to break free of their ship's system's lock, but find that they are trapped. Han Solo, meanwhile, is not dead. The Dragon Lords have rescued him and have taken him into a secret underground cave. The leader of the Dragon Lords tells Han that Quark's sonic jammer is driving the sea serpent dragons mad and slowly killing them. Han agrees to help if they agree to help him in return by salvaging the Millennium Falcon. Governor Quark finds Princess Leia hiding within the Millennium Falcon and chases her back onto his ship. Believing that Han is dead, Chewbacca goes berserk and breaks free of Quark's prison. Luke has been forced into doing Quark's dirty work until he reunites with Han, who explains to him that the sonic jammer that is actually doing to these dragons. Luke rescues Leia and knocks Quark from the city ship into the ocean, killing him just as the jamming equipment is destroyed by the Falcon. Finally, we are left on a cliffhanger, but Han Solo is staring at the sky, deep in thought about a great battlecruiser which may still be there, and its master, Crimson Jack. Wow, what an exciting 14th issue here of Star Wars. The next issue would be issue 15, Showdown. And we will be treated to, most likely, that showdown between Han Solo, Princess Leia, Luke, the droids, and Chewie against Crimson Jack up there in that battlecruiser. The art in this is exquisite. It's another fantastic pairing here of talent. 
legendary talent, Hall of Fame talent. Terry Austin would go on to be a phenomenal anchor for top-notch talent all throughout Marvel. Terry is not only a very good contributor, but he also is able to preserve fine, detailed work by incredible pencilers. Terry's work was on full display during that epic X-Men run that he would do with John Byrne. And he here is preserving Hall of Famer Carmine Infantino's incredible detailed penciling here of this water world down on Drexel. And you have everything from exploding galleons with shards of wood just being obliterated into the air to an incredible action sequence where you have Luke Skywalker just going off of the yard arm, swinging down and rescuing Princess Leia from Quark. You also have the detail in Quark's face here as he is trying to make Princess Leia walk the yard arm or plank off of his ship. You have a wonderful confrontation between Han Solo and Luke. Han having safely come back onto the Millennium Falcon, and he's all in dive gear that he was given by these dragon riders as they're all equipped out. Another really cool action scene is Chewie busting through the side of the ship and going after Quark and his minions. Quark uttering, the Wookiee, but he was last reported unconscious, safe, to keep prisoner. We had to wake up some time, for your honor. Uh, our shots must have stopped him at any cost. And here is this incredible action sequence of Chewbacca coming through the this wall of wood and just going after Quark and his henchmen. His fist coming through. It's just an incredible action sequence just exquisitely rendered by Carmine Infantino. As a matter of fact, this is not lacking for multiple action sequences. You have one of Princess Leia actually attacking Quark in this too, thumping him in the stomach, really giving it to him as he is trying to see her off to her doom. The stylings here are amazing. R2-D2 and C-3PO, and specifically C-3PO, and his face are really expressive and I just can't say enough here about how well Carmine Infantino captures the absolute sense of urgency and nervousness within C-3PO. It's fantastic. Activating, even as we speak, Master Luke. C-3PO is trying to be very responsive to orders that Luke is giving him. I was absolutely captivated by these full-page, and actually two-page spreads, of these water dragons that are attacking Quarg and his ship, as well as having come in and gotten close to the Millennium Falcon. It's really exciting to see Han Solo riding these dragons with these dragon lords here in the water after they had rescued him from the Millennium Falcon. That whole sequence is very cool. It really leans into the fantastical in the blending of fantasy and science fiction. This is a fully realized world of technology and otherworldly creatures, and just a lot of fun. It is a really neat world with these caves and these water dragons and these riders in there and them having lasers. And it's just really, really exciting to see all of this rendered. The caves, the underwater sequences with the dragons, the amount of biodiversity here in this one is really cool. 
You have the humans above decks and the ships. You have the dragons underwater. You have the dragon riders in equipment and breathing gear as they are traversing beneath the waves in an attempt to surprise Quarg and his henchmen there on their galleon. Princess Leia is feisty and always up for a fight, and that is portrayed really well in these comic pages. I see a bit of a difference here as far as Crimson Jack's rendering is concerned. It gets away from the Howard Schenken use of the Fafford character from the Fafford and Grey Mouser sort of sorcery from over DC. I said, this Crimson Jack character is definitely a relation to that rendering. You see Carmen Infantino here stay somewhat true stylistically, but begin the transformation of this Crimson Jack character into a little more something that Carmine Infantino would have rendered. And his hair color goes from red to more of an orangey color. So little differences like that in this that really begin to take me as a reader into a transitional journey to say, yeah, you know, this is going in a different direction. And this makes this fully complete. Well, kids, we would love to hear from you once you have read Star Wars Volume 1, Issue Number 14. Please leave us a message via the Anchor app or send us an email at kirbyskidspodcast at gmail.com. Obi-Wan, take us out. Your destiny lies about a different path from mine. The Force will be with you. This Marvel Legends comic book series is dedicated in loving memory of Charles Lippincott, who George Lucas hired in late 1975 to join the first Star Wars production as Vice President of Advertising, Publicity, Promotion, and Merchandising. To quote George, Charlie was one of the founding pillars of the Star Wars films and phenomenon. He began in earnest the concept of licensing motion pictures at a time when only other company doing so was Disney. Charlie was the one who said early on that we can make this work and was the first person to both develop Star Wars licensing and engage with the fans. He had insights into marketing and public relations that were truly unparalleled and prime example of that is San Diego Comic-Con today. Charlie is widely credited for setting the trajectory of Star Wars fandom with his grassroots style convention presentations beginning in 1976 well before the release of the first film. Those early appearances included Mark Hamill, who accompanied Charlie on a promotional tour for Star Wars, this barnstorming of conventions celebrating science fiction, fantasy, and comic books resulted in movie theaters welcoming large crowds of fans on Star Wars opening day, due in large part to Charlie's early promotional efforts. In addition, Charlie sought out the very first comic book and toy deals with Marvel and Kenner, now Hasbro, respectively, two iconic legacies that continue to this day. Thank you, Charlie, for Star Wars comics becoming a reality. And that's what this Legends series is all about. The Force will be with him always.